there was a man traveling through South Alabama. And if you've ever been through South Alabama in the summertime, it's hot. It's very hot. And so he was there in the summertime, and it was hot. And he was just going along. This was years ago. This was before air conditioning in cars. So he was driving with his windows rolled down, South Alabama, sweating, trying to keep cool. And he sees a watermelon stand. And so he got out and said, you know, I'm going to get me a watermelon. This will be good. A little break. I can, I can eat the watermelon and cool off a little bit. So he picks him a watermelon. He walks up to the guy running the stand and he says, how much? The guy says, it's a dollar ten. The man digs in his pocket and he comes up and he says, well, I only got a dollar. The man says, that's okay. I, I, I'll trust you for it. The guy says, well, that's mighty nice of you. He picks up his watermelon and he starts to leave. And the guy says, where are you going? And he says, well, I'm going to go outside and eat my watermelon. But you didn't give me your dollar. He said, well, you told me you were going to trust me for it. He said, yeah, but I meant I was going to trust you for the dime. He said, man, you weren't going to trust me at all. You were going to take a 10-cent gamble on my integrity. <laughs> I'm afraid sometimes that uh, we are the same way when it comes to God. We make a decision to follow Him, but we have a hard time trusting in the here and now that He's going to do what He says He's going to do today. Most of the time, we don't have trouble believing that God did what the Bible says He did. Even the most miraculous, crazy things, we go, yeah, that happened. But then when it comes to miraculous, crazy things today, we go, eh, He might do that. I just don't know. We find ourselves in these situations where when God has told us something, our, our problem becomes trusting Him to fulfill those same promises today. Instead of trusting Him, we take a small gamble on His integrity. We start trying to find ways to make things happen rather than allowing Him to provide for us as He promised. Either, either that or we, uh, we do what Israel does in our passage today. We throw our hands up in despair and we start to whine that God's not going to do what He promises He's going to do. Today we're going to look at the relationship between God and Israel in Exodus 14 in order to come to a new understanding of how to trust God. And so in Exodus, we know the story. We know what happens here. Israelites are in Egypt because God has sent them there through the story of Joseph. And over the past couple of hundred years, they have multiplied. And there are, there are many, many Israelites in Egypt and they are being used as slave labor. And they are being treated harshly by their taskmasters, the Egyptians. And they cry out to God. And God hears their cry. And He calls Moses to go and deliver His people from the hand of Pharaoh. And so Moses comes and he does all the things he's supposed to do. And Pharaoh's heart is hardened. All the ten plagues occur. Finally, the Passover happens. All the Israelite firstborn are saved and all the people from Egypt who had firstborn, they're all the firstborn are gone. They're dead. And Pharaoh says, get out. And they leave with all this wealth that people had given them because people wanted them just to leave. So they gave them all of their wealth and said, go on your way. And they leave and they get out and they get to the Red Sea. And that's where our text picks up this morning in Exodus 14, starting in verse 10. And it says... As Pharaoh approached, the Israelites looked up and saw the Egyptians coming after them. Then the Israelites were terrified and cried out to the Lord for help. They said to Moses, is it because there are no graves in Egypt that you took us to the wilderness to die? What have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? Isn't this what we told you in Egypt? Leave us alone. 
alone so that he can serve the Egyptians? It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the wilderness. But Moses said to the people, don't be afraid. Stand firm and see the Lord's salvation. He will provide for you today. For the Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You must be quiet. The Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to break camp. As for you, lift up your staff, stretch out your hand over the sea, and divide it so the Israelites can go through the sea on dry ground. I'm going to harden the hearts of the Egyptians so that they will go in after them, and I will receive glory by means of Pharaoh, all his army, and his chariots and horsemen. The Egyptians will know that I am Yahweh when I receive glory through Pharaoh, his chariots, and his horsemen. Then the angel of God, who was going in front of the Israelite forces, moved and went behind them, and the pillar of cloud moved in from in front of them and stood behind them. It came between the Egyptian and Israelite forces. The cloud was there in the darkness, yet it lit up the night. So neither group came near the other all night long. Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea. The Lord drove the sea back with a powerful east wind all that night and turned the sea into dry land. So the waters were divided, and the Israelites went through the sea on dry ground with the waters like a wall to them on their right and on their left. Let's pray this morning. Father God, we come to you right now. We thank you. We praise you for your blessings. Father, we ask right now that you would take this time. Father, use it for your glory. Father, use me as the best of the words that I speak to yours and yours alone. Father, we thank you. We praise you. We ask all these things. In the name of your son, Jesus, and for his sake, and all God's people say. They left. They're at the sea. And Pharaoh's behind. You know, as I read this text, something stands out. There are always obstacles on our walk of faith. We, we have this thought in our heads sometimes that when we come to know Jesus, when we begin following God, that things are going to be easy. That it's going to be a rose garden. That I'm just going to go outside and the doors are going to open. The things are going to happen like I want them to happen. And everything should go hunky-dory. But there are always obstacles on your walk of faith. Abraham was told to leave his country. Leave your family. Leave everything that you know and go to the place that I will show you. You didn't even know where he was going. Just leave. Just go. And when you get there, you'll know. And then later he's told to sacrifice his son. Those are obstacles that happen on his walk of faith. Joseph was sold into slavery by his own brothers. He was imprisoned for years, forgotten about, only to be brought back and ended up chief official for Pharaoh. God never promised that when he calls us to, we'll be easy. He never promised that what he's asked us to do is going to be an easy path. Israel left Egypt quickly. They ran. They got out while they could. But... You gotta love technology to do, right? But now they're standing in front of the sea. The biggest obstacle they can think of. Because they see here in front of them what used to be impossible being truly impossible. The biggest body of water they can find out there. And they don't know what to do because now Pharaoh is coming up from behind them. Pharaoh is back there. 
the water is in front of us, and they're looking for a way across the sea. What can we do? Well, they could go north, but there are mountains to the north. They could go back on the main road, but that's Egyptian control. Egypt was back east. The only way across is there in the sea. The only way out is the sea in front of them. And with all of these thousands, if not millions of people, what are they going to do? How are they going to get there? What's going to happen? Pharaoh's army's marching in. The greatest army the world knew up until that point is marching in behind them. What in the world are they going to do? How are we going to get past this? What seemed impossible before was impossible now. We're trapped. We're doomed. We're going to die. And so they start crying out to Moses. They start saying, Moses, what are we going to do? What's going to happen to us? Where are we going to? Did you bring us out here because there were no graves? Did you bring us out here to die? Didn't we say, leave us alone, leave us be, put us back there? I don't want to be here. What am I supposed to do? How often do we feel like that in our walk of faith? How many times do we get to these things that seem impossible? These things that make us go, God, I, I don't know. I don't know how to do this. How often do we come across situations that are just hard? And then you take a stand and decide to trust God. And guess what? Things get harder. You have to do things you don't want to do. You have to break relationships. You have to lose out on, on different things. And you find yourself in, in places where you, you don't know where to go. And in those times, when the sea is before you and your enemy is marching behind you, how do you react? Because there are always obstacles on our walk of faith, but we must choose how we react to these obstacles. We have to choose. There are two distinct reactions in this passage. There is the Egyptians. I mean, there are the Israelites, right? God is out. Why did you do this? Well, what's going on? We're out here in the middle of the desert. We're going to die. You're going to kill us all. Why are we here? Can you guess which reaction that is? The right or the wrong reaction? And then <laughs> the wrong yes. These people knew the story of Abraham. They knew the story of Joseph. They'd been told how, how God had sustained and provided for the patriarchs all their lives. They'd seen miracles. They'd seen the plagues. They'd seen God's provision in the Passover. They saw God's provision in the wealth that they took with them. They saw that he was leading them with a cloud by day and a fire at night. And now they doubted. And now they wonder why. Why has God given us this cruel, cruel trick? That's, that's what they're asking. In the midst of all of this, they've given up on their trust in God. And then you have Moses. Then you have the guy who's like, okay, here's what you're going to do. Shut up. That's again my translation. <laughs> Moses basically says, just shut up. Stand still and watch for God. Stand firm and see the Lord's salvation. Just be quiet. 
quiet. So it's not really a too far of a translation off when he says shut up. Stand still. Stand firm. Simply wait because guess what? God will show you what's going to happen next. He is going to show you what needs to happen. How hard is that to do? When the world is closing in, when we feel like everything is, is, is falling on top of us, when we don't know how to react or what the next step is, how hard is it just to wait and stand still? <laughs> the sea, the mountains, Egypt's control, Pharaoh's army, stand still. Not pick up swords, not get ready to fight, Stand still and be quiet. Just wait. You know, that is a common theme throughout Scripture. Waiting on God. Our problem is we tend to think that faith or trust must be active, but sometimes faith and trust are passive. We're not supposed to do anything. Sometimes we need to stand and, and wait. We need to take the time. You know, when you read through Scripture over and over again, we hear, be still and know that I am God. We hear, those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. We know that God has called us sometimes to just hush and listen to what's coming next. And so often we see ourselves in these situations and we have this record of what God has done. And we see what God has done in people's lives around us. But then we have this hard time trusting that God will do what God has said He's going to do. Why? God has never broken a promise to us. He's never let us down anything he told us he was going to do. God has specifically told Israel here that I am going to take you into the promised land. I am going to give you that land I promised to Abraham so long ago. I'm going to do this. Just be still. Just wait. It'll happen. But every time something goes wrong, what's Israel do? Oh, you brought us out here to die. Every time, it's, it's like overdramatic. Israel's like a teenager. <laughs> every time. Israel never goes, oh, this is a hard life. What can we do? It's always, you brought us out here to die. Every time. No matter what they do. Here, it's the brought us out here to die. Later on, they're looking for food. You brought us out here to die. They go to look in the promised land. He brought us out here to die every time. We never go, God, I, I, I hope you can do this. It's always, oh, God, why are you letting me down? We never take the, the small step. It's always this giant leap. But Moses says, 
Stand firm. Stand still. Be quiet. And see the salvation of the Lord. When life seems impossible, when things couldn't get any worse, when you're wondering when God will take this situation that He has promised and take those steps, when we, first, we have to first have no fear, stand firm, and wait upon the Lord. That has to be our first step. If our first step is to panic, we're not going to trust God. Panic does not lead to trusting in God. Uh, some of y'all know about Micah's pool experience here a few weeks ago. Some of you don't. We were at a pool and it was time to leave. And we had gotten out. And uh, I was already walking out the gate, going to the car to put stuff up. Carrie was taking the, what's that thing called? Puddle jumper, life preserver off of her and hanging it up. Well, the minute that thing was off of her, she went quietly walking back and stepped off into the pool. There was no splash. There was no... Just silently slipped in. Carrie just happened to turn around and see her. I was already outside the gate. Carrie picked her up and bit up a lot of water and we watched her all night long. And a week later, Charles said, Can we go swimming? I said, Let's go, buddy. And Micah said, I don't want to go swimming. Her panic was keeping her from taking a step to step into the water. So I had to get in with her slowly. By the end of the day, she was jumping right back in and having a blast. But when we panic before we trust, it stops us from trusting completely. It takes us a while to trust when we panic. Oh my gosh, what's going to happen? Because we went late upon the Lord, he reveals to us the course of action every time. You know, it wasn't until the Israelites had settled down and began to wait that the Lord told Moses what to do. You know, notice. Moses says, be quiet. And then the Lord says, why are you crying out? Tell him to break him. As for you, you go and lift your staff and part the sea. <laughs> part the sea. That's God's plan. One of those things we have no problem believing today, but we have a problem believing that God's going to anyway. When Moses got the words from God, it was after the people quit their belly in. Moses was given instructions only after they began to wait. Lift your staff, the water will part and walk through on dry land. In essence, God opened the door. And God sent the cloud around between the two forces, allows people to save journey through the sea, and then he drowned the entire army of Pharaoh. 
When we watch and wait for God's leading, God always provides a way. He never leaves His people stranded between the sea and an army. He never leaves us by ourselves. He never leaves us without a way out. He doesn't say, okay, fend for yourselves now because I've taught you enough. He never does that. Even the disciples, Jesus said, okay, I'm sending you out. And He breathes on them and gives them the Holy Spirit. He didn't send them by themselves. He sent them help. He gave them away. He opened the door. God always opens the door. He never forgets to provide for the people that He has called. It was God's decision to leave Egypt. The people were just to follow. So many times God calls us. He makes decisions for us. He asks us to step out and to follow. He just wants us to do those things. And when we don't, those things happen. He wants us to go into the unknown. Sometimes you may feel scared. Sometimes you may feel alone. Sometimes the situation might feel impossible, but God always provides a way. And when God shows the way, it's our responsibility to walk through it. The Israelites could have refused. I'm actually kind of shocked that they didn't refuse. It's a wall of water on each side. They've just been—they've just been whining. You brought us out here to kill us, and now God says, "Walk through the walls of water." What better way to take out a whole army, right? That's what He does with the Egyptians. They could have said, "I ain't doing that." God, I don't have that kind of faith. I don't have that kind of faith to walk through there because I'm already standing here between a rock and a hard place and I don't know where to. They could have refused. But God opened the door and God said go. And because God said go, they went. They walked through the door that God had opened. In Revelation, God places before the church of Philadelphia an open door in verse 3-8. It's a door that no one can shut. Now be assured that it's also a door that only God can open. Only God can open that door. Only God can let you through. The only thing to do in that situation is walk through in faith. We can't refuse to walk through the doors that God gives us. Right? Because when God says go, it's time to go. And God had said go. He said, okay, Moses, quit whining. Break camp. Lift up your staff. The waters are part and tell them to get through there. And they went. They walked through. They did what they were supposed to do. Many times on our own walks of faith, both individually and as a church family, we're going to be confronted with obstacles. Some are going to be huge, and others are going to be relatively manageable. But in each situation, when we're between the sea on one side and the army on the other, we're going to have to choose how we will react. Are we going to be the Israelites, or are we going to be Moses? Do we whine and despair at the thing in front of us? Or do we stay unafraid and wait on God? Let's be Moses. Let's be the one that says, you know what? This world is in a handbasket right now, for lack of a better term. We're going to a place that we don't want to go to very quickly. But God is still in control. God is still on His throne. God is still doing what He's supposed to do. When these situations confront us, let's watch and wait for the Lord. 
Because when we wait on him, he'll provide an open door. When we allow him to fight our battles, he has total victory. When we trust in him to save us, he lights the way into eternal life through his son, Jesus. This morning, let's take our example from Moses, who from this point on trusts God completely. You remember the burning bush? Moses, who has already run off because he killed the Egyptian, is out in the desert, the bush is burning. He's all like, what's that? He looks, God talks to him, go and do this. He says, yeah, you got me. I'm not an eloquent man, God. I can't do it. Well, your brother Aaron will do it. I haven't seen his brother Aaron in 40 years. Still has to go. It was so full of excuses, but here, from here on out, Moses just does what God tells him to do. He never loses that faith. But the Israelites will continually struggle in this trust. All through the book of Exodus, they whine rather than wait, they tussle rather than trust for water, for food, the conquest. They never seem to learn that truly. To trust in God means to stop and let Him do it. In fact, a generation has to die in the wilderness because of their lack of trust. Let's not be that generation. Let's not be willing to live in the filth of our Egypt rather than follow God and our promised land. Choose this day to, to watch and wait on the Lord, and He'll fight your battles for you. And He'll provide a way for you to follow Him into the unknown. This morning, I leave you with the words to the Jesus, to, of Jesus to the church of Philadelphia. Behold, I have placed before you an open door that no one can shut. season of closed doors, right? It seems like a season of closed doors, because every time we turn around, something has to be closed. But here's the deal. I only want to walk through the doors that Jesus opens. Jesus doesn't tell me to come in and kick down doors. He tells me to follow him through the doors he opens. Maybe this morning you've been struggling with trusting God on some promise that you've been waiting for. It's hard sometimes. Because sometimes promise doesn't come like we want it to. We watched a movie this week. I'm going to use a movie again today. So. Nanny McPhee. You may see Nanny McPhee. Yes. It's a nanny, but she actually did good. Yes, okay. Nanny McPhee. They're at the very last thing that they want to do is they want to run off the stepmom and they ask her permission to help. And she says, I can't do that. 
He says, well, then will you at least promise that you will not interfere and let us do what we need to do to get rid of her? And she said, okay, but are you sure you can handle the consequences? And come to find out when they ran her off, their dad finally tells them we're going to lose the house. Y'all are going to be split up into orphanages and workhouses and you won't be able to be with me anymore because you've done this thing, basically. And sometimes that's how God's promises work out because we claim a promise that really isn't a promise for us. Or the way God wants that promise to work out isn't how we want it to work out because sometimes healing isn't here. Sometimes healing's there. Sometimes you don't get the brand new car because God knows what the brand new car will do for your situation. Sometimes the people like me who are continually early marry someone who's continually late. <laughs> and sometimes, no doubt, that has kept us from being places that we don't need to be because we've missed something. I don't know how many times I've heard later of a wreck that happened somewhere that we were supposed to be. If it would have been me, I would have been there. Why? Because I'm always early. But then you get married to someone who's not. And then you have two kids hit her locker. <laughs> Forget ever being early ever again. But God has a plan for it. Sometimes the hard spots, it's just hard to trust God. Because we don't know what the next step is. But God never promised to tell us the next step until it's time to take that step. Maybe this morning you need to give up all of your self-will and your self-control to God and say, okay, I will let you lead me where you want me to go. Maybe this morning you've been struggling with something else and you just need to pray. The altar's open. I'll pray with you. Maybe this morning you want to turn to missions or ministry. Maybe you want to join this church in membership. Maybe, maybe there's something else that I haven't even brought up. You know, come down and we'll go from there. Maybe this morning, though, you've never known Jesus as your Savior. Maybe you've never known the one who promised that you will never be alone. Now will be a great time to know him. Wherever you're at this morning, though, whatever you need, give it to him. Would you pray? Father God, we come to you right now. We thank you and praise you.